Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Side by Side Dirt. It's your host, that's me, it's Sheldon. Well everybody, I'd like to say thanks for supporting Side by Side Dirt, the podcast. Thanks to all my listeners, thanks to everybody that's coming on the podcast, thanks to everybody that is hashtagging Side by Side Dirt. I can tell you right now, I started this podcast because there is a history to the side by side industry. And I want to welcome all you new welcomers to the side by side industry. And I can tell you right now, what a crazy history it's been. Last week, as you always know, we always do a recap. Well, guess what? Last week, we had one of the godfathers of the side by side industry, Tim from SDR. Well, everybody, we sat down with Tim and we got to hear the true story about how SDR started. The name behind, the man behind SDR. We also got to sit down with Tim and talk to him about his favorite builds to everything else about side-by-sides. And I can tell you right now what an episode that was. Well, everybody, as you always know, I'm always super excited for side-by-side dirt. Everybody, guess what? I did a call out on Instagram to Dustin Jones. And you guys wanna know what? He reached out and said to me, let's throw down on this podcast. So everybody, episode 18 is coming on now. Live with Battle Axe, Jones, no lift shift. I'm super excited because guess what? I have got Dustin Jones from S3 Power Sports on the line. Dustin, are you there? Prestige worldwide. World prestige worldwide. I am here, buddy. I am here. Surprisingly, I made it in. Absolutely. Well, Dustin, the reason we brought you on the podcast because we know that you're a side-by-side enthusiast. Sure. And we know that you got one heck of a good story to tell us for sure. So this podcast should be pretty interesting with you for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that very much. So, Dustin, let's start off. Um, Let's start off the beginning. I know that you were a mud racer. Um, Was it racing quads or UTVs is kind of how you started? Man, it was a mixture of it. And I'll try to keep everything... uh to the uh to all all killer and no filler uh so the story is quite long and for me it's exciting because of the progression and where we came from to where we are but uh but just in general man we grew up you know louisiana swamps we're from the south and all we have is mud here and so we grew up playing in the mud and not knowing that one day it would turn into a career that started off as uh building off-road vehicles for mud riding here in louisiana turn into mud racing and then turn into what it has now so um, we came from, from mud riding and mud racing originally. And I started on, uh, I started on UTVs, uh, side by sides. Cause we kind of came to the market with S3 power sports right around the time UTVs got really big. So in 2011, uh, not long after they released, um, the big high horsepower side by sides. And so I started racing, uh, UTVs first and then progressed to a Can-Am Renegade, uh, quad or atv or four-wheeler whatever whatever everybody refers to them as um well you guys call them bikes right we actually do call them bikes and what's crazy is we catch a lot of grief down here in the south for calling them bikes and it's 
it's a matter of context. So we ride pit bikes. Those are our bikes. We ride um, four wheelers. Those are our bikes. We ride uh, naturally. We ride and race side by side. All of those are our bikes. So it's really in context down here. Like when we say, hey, let's go ride our bikes this weekend. Like somehow yeah. uh, everybody knows which one you're talking about. If you're talking about side by sides or ATVs or the dirt bikes or whatever, man, everybody knows what the bike is for the weekend. So. Absolutely. Well, guys from California call them cars all the time too. Yeah. Us from Canada, we, we call them side by sides <laughs> or four wheelers, yeah. I guess. And then that's the thing about it is, um, there is a different definition for a lot of different things, and doesn't matter what parts of the country you're from. At all, res- the whole end result is that everybody is enthusiasts of the off road industry, and that's another reason why I wanted to bring the podcast, and especially you on here, because. Like I said, you've, you've got a great story and a lot of people don't realize that you began as a mud racer and now you're into the desert stuff, but people don't realize how long of a haul you have to make to go to the desert to race. Yeah, it's a tough thing. And so um, I think the reason most people don't realize about where we came from in the mud racing is because when we burst onto the, onto the scene per se, it was with the Visions of Victory video series that we do that tracked us in our first season of desert racing. and. I think we just signed our contract for the fifth season of Visions of Victory, but that's really what put us on the map as far as uh, social media videos and like uh, recognition. And it all began with our desert racing program. But um, as you know, and as many people know, like there's a whole lot of work and a whole lot of backstory and late nights and sacrifice that goes in before you get to that point. That's just the kickoff point that everybody started seeing. And we, we had a couple of years of, you know, working 12, 14, 16 hour days just to start a little business in this industry. And, um, and then, you know, that, that, that hard work and that process never, never seems to end for us. So, you know, once we got S3 Power Sports up and going, we started S3 Racing and S3 Racing progressed into the desert racing, which uh, not a lot of people realize, but we literally drive 20 hours one way once a month just to compete in a desert race that you can go for for three miles and crash a car i've crashed a car in three miles i've crashed a car in 18 miles and then we've gone out there and won the biggest races in the world the uh the utv world championships the mid 400 so it's it's a complete gamble but for our program and and s3 power sports it's it's literally no lack of sacrifice to go to go do these things because everything's a long drive for us well, and that's why I've been such a big side-by-side enthusiast for a long time. Is just because I feel that the industry is growing so fast and so hard that it, it's even hard for us to keep up from new machines to other machines. And and I know that I've been watching you since you basically began in the mud racing. And I know people, I've talked to many people about you, and that's how I know a lot of your story. And I think that this, this story is, and just like, how did the the no lift shift come up? <laughs> All right, so no lift shift is kind of like a it started as an inside joke. So people don't realize what no lift shift truly is. So like, um, say on our on our pit bikes or our grounds. So you're doing a burnout. Uh, you're you're in I don't know a little street car. A couple of buddies have Camaros and stuff with a standard transmission. So it's that time period when you shift from gear to gear and you uh, clutch super fast and jam a gear without ever lifting and so we always call that no lift shift so we refer to our burnouts as no lift shift racing those type things as no lift shift that means you never let off no matter what happens wheel hop changing gears like yard sale a car you you go no lift shift and so um 
it's it's crazy because like the the silly stuff that's for our group like our just our inside jokes and the stuff that we play around with turns out like people think that that stuff is funny and so it kind of catches fire somehow and, and turns into something that we never suspect so you know how it is man that stuff always slips up on you and something that you don't ever think anything about somehow it catches like viral videos man the cell phone video goes viral and you don't know why but i don't just some of them catch fire man that's how it is well, I, I like the no lift shift. I think that's pretty cool. It's no different than the one that I seen, uh, that guy that was doing a big crazy jump actually in an X3 and he came up short yeah. and it says on the bottom, hold my beer. <laughs> ah, that's exactly right. So that, um, the, the, guy, the guy that rides snowmobiles that always says send it, like that, that's, the, yeah. that's the same kind of thing as no lift shift. It's like never let off, no matter what happens, hold it down. Well, and I've always, I've always liked what I call the deep self, like you guys like Texas and Louisiana and all that, because you guys, you guys are just out there to just to have fun all the time. And it, it doesn't seem like everything is ever too serious with you guys. <laughs> you guys are just out there having fun, you know? And I think, um, I think that's, that's an awesome lifestyle um, to live because, you know, there's serious times, but then there's not serious times. And I could just imagine some of the times that you have to go through um, because you do have a lot of pressure, you know, brought upon your shoulders as being a racer and being a mud guy and then going into the desert and and everybody holds you know you to the standard so then you know um i know that this year i actually this was your first year to be in the king of the hammers yep yep and that's you know from you going from mud and then to desert and then going to this rock crawling how did you how did you feel like adapting to that you know it's uh we've always found our way because we we make up for what we don't know in uh hard yeah. work and practice and putting in hours so um yeah king of the hammers was a big big change in dynamic for us but um for sure as a group as s3 power sports and as me personally like uh, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, and we know what people's expectations are of us so you know king of the hammers is one of those those races where you can take uh a mostly factory car you know like my buddy casey curry a fellow monster racer and can-am racer he took a mostly stock uh x3 uh can-am xrc out there and finished the whole race man and did great but yeah we know people's expectations of s3 power sports and, and what they know we're going to do when we go out to the races and, and what our goal is and so that's why I like the, the that american flag car that we called balboa like we went out there full bore we checked out what the buggies were doing what the big tire cars were doing and we adapted that stuff into our build so you know i always tell everybody man win lose or draw when we go out there odds stacked against against us we at least want to make a good impression and look cool when we come out to race absolutely and that's the thing about it like you know um i've been a huge fan for you for for years like i've said and and you know the stuff that you do on facebook and and <laughs> that thing you were talking about and you're such a great showman i know that i just seen on facebook the other day i think it was you that posted it even at the king of the hammers you still <laughs> like this pose with this thumb up when you're racing and and i've never met anybody i don't think i've ever talked to anybody that would ever even think about that but you're you're such a great showman and i think that what you're doing with can am um and monster energy you know i think that they they've got a good ambassador behind um what, what would you tell because i've always 
tried to get kids into yeah. off-road thing and, and especially into the side-by-side because they're the future generation yeah. Yeah. of what we do. And, and kids look up to guys like you and other people and stuff like that. Like last week, I actually had Tim from SDR. I grew up watching Tim build his side-by-sides. He's actually made me do what I do. Yeah, and it was, it was an honor to talk to him. And it's also an honor to talk to you because I know kids up in Canada that, that know who Dustin Jones is, Battle Axe Jones, <laughs> that's, you know? That's so crazy. And it, it's funny because we're literally like 3,000 miles apart. Yep. And it's just, what would you say to a, a, a kid that wanted to be the next Battle Axe Jones? You know, so that's something that's always been very, very important to me, to, to the way I represent S3 Power Sports, the way I represent Can-Am and Monster, is to be a good ambassador. So there's a, there's a mix of a mix of people out there that create a different a different types of draws, and you can see it all over Instagram and social media and different places. There's those bad boy types that are like, uh, I don't know, the, the evil villain type that people follow because they either love them or hate them or, or whatever, but they want to see what they're doing next. And then there's a group that I try to gravitate towards being an example of positivity, of encouragement, of a person that a younger generation can look up to as far as a racer and how a racer should represent themselves. So, you know, when we go to the races, it's all professionalism. Of course, we have fun and my guys have a, a good time, but we always represent ourselves well. We're not there to party, to drink, to get into trouble. That's not our thing. That's not what we represent. We are there to represent all of our sponsors in a light of positivity. And so for young guys coming up and referring back to you, you see in that social media post, my, my Instagram post of me pointing at the camera guy, the, the way I've always been since we started this journey was I recognized that life, success, racing, all of that stuff is a wave. And it's a wave that can travel super fast and be gone as quick as it came or it can be a, a wave that travels for a long time and builds momentum and builds strength. But at the end of the day, it is still a wave. There's going to come a day that I'm not the coolest, I'm not the fastest, I'm not the most handsome. Like there's going to come a day that I get replaced by the next up and coming racer. But I want to create a legacy and a, and a memory of me of positivity. And so like me pointing at the camera guy, like I, I, the way that we race is I live in the moment. Like I enjoy what we're doing because I know that it's a wave. And I always tell people, yes, like I look to the future. I try to progress our race program. I try to improve our business. But at the end of the day, whenever I lay my head down, whenever we're in the middle of the Mint 400, whenever we're in the middle of the King of Hammers, I look around me and I say, man, this is such a unique experience that I need to take in because these days are limited. Like I'm going to look back at this when I'm old and, and can't race anymore. And I'm going to have great memories because I took time to look around and enjoy what I was, I was do, I'm doing. And so I always tell kids that are doing it like oh man i want to be like you one day like i want to win the world championships and i want to race next three and I, and I tell them man enjoy enjoy what you're doing enjoy racing the 170 class enjoy not having the pressure and just being able to come have fun with your daddy building your your side by side like enjoy these moments uh and, yep. and take that with you along the ride i've done it with business i've done it with the vision the victory videos i've done it with my race program and i can honestly look back and say that i truly truly have no regrets, good, bad, and different, all the craziness, all the tore up cars, all the wins. I've enjoyed all of it and I never took it for granted, man. And that's what I always tell everybody. That's what I always tell all my kids all the time. I said, there's there's two types of people. There's people when they when they die, they die as just a, as another person. Yep. And I said, I always 
look up to people that want to die as a legend. And I honestly do think that um, you're definitely on your way to becoming a legend for sure in the off-road industry, especially in the side-by-side industry. And I, I think that's a great view that people don't realize it, but if we don't get kids involved in off-road, um, there's going to be no future generations. And it's guys like you that, that take the time to realize that how you want to look and how you want to portray yourself is who you are. That's it. And you don't need to change yourself because now of the people that are behind you, right? For sure. So do you feel like, do you feel like in your career, where did it start to look up for you? Was it when you started S3 Power Sports or is it when you guys got involved with Can-Am and started developing? Because there was rumors that you guys had something to do with the X3 behind the scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's been such a whirlwind that I've, that I've always tried to sit down and take a look at it and enjoy it as it was progressing. But I don't think, you know, I don't think there was one certain benchmark because so much crazy stuff happened for us and so many things fell into place for us. So certainly certainly the biggest thing in my life that was a was a life changer for me was the opportunity to open and, and run s3 power sports so a lot of people know from the videos but mr mal and miss linda are the owners of s3 power sports and they gave me an opportunity to come open a business for them as the original employee and the only employee and and gave me so many opportunities to start this business which is where it all started if it weren't for mr mal and miss linda we would we wouldn't be having this conversation at this point Beyond that, you know, we, we got into racing and we won, me and my previous co-driver, Shane Dowd, we won six or seven championships in one season. That opened the door to get a phone call from Ken M. You know, we went yeah. our first year in, in desert racing and we won the Mint 400. That that opened a tremendous amount of doors for us, and uh, including leading up to uh, the sponsorship from Monster Energy, which, which also is great to add to the resume. You know, you can consider the Visions of Victory video series that we do. That could that could be a turning point to kick off to those videos. There's been so many things that that really, really um, blows my mind when I sit back and look at everything that we've done along the way. That it's tough to pinpoint one thing, man. It's like a snowball when you get the ball rolling and it's coming downhill. Like it just builds momentum, and dude, it gets out of control quick somehow. Well, and that's what I'm saying is how do you how do you handle that kind of pressure, like? That's insane to handle that much pressure knowing that. It is. It's tough, man, because we I, we run in so many different directions. And, and you really, at this point, you have to take into account how you represent yourself. But I don't just represent myself, Mr. Mal, Miss Linda, and S3 Power Sports. I also have become, you know, not by my own choosing, but but still appreciated a poster child for Can-Am, you know, an ambassador for those guys. I represent a big part of of who they are with with the involvement with the x3 and things like that um yeah. and so it is a lot of pressure but um it's no different than racing to me and the cage fighting that i did for several years i thrive under that pressure i'm able to manage that stress and manage that pressure uh internally to push me to be better it's like uh you know iron sharpens iron and so you put me in a fire man a, a pressure cooker and and i not find a way to to come out uh, shining on the other other end you know what i mean that pressure creates a diamond you know um, yeah and i've made a lot of bad mistakes and i've made a lot of bad decisions in business i've wrecked a lot of cars in racing but at the end of the day my intentions are always positive i'm always willing to put in the work to find the success i don't ever expect a door to open itself i always do what it takes to open the door um and so i, I don't know it's it's uh 
a characteristic that's innate uh, for me that was taught to me from a, a very young age growing up on a farm and, and working 14 hour days putting up fence rows when I was a tiny, tiny little boy. And that work ethic, man, is, is tough, to, tough to replace. I tell everybody, there's no replacement for work ethic. I'm not the smartest, I'm not the best looking, I'm not the most creative, I'm not the best driver that's out there. But I am willing to work harder than anybody to be the best at whatever I try. Well, and that, that's the thing about it. That, that's, that's the story that I wanted to bring everybody, exactly what you just said. It's, you never had um, a rich family to back you or anything. You, you started from the bottom yep. and you basically push and broom until where you are now. And, and I think that everybody should realize, but Dustin Jones definitely needs a pat on his back for sure. <laughs> well, I, you know, I appreciate you saying that. And um, it's one of those things. I still don't feel like I've gotten there. It's, it's, um, it's something in me that keeps me pushing, keeps me striving to, to get a little further and a little further, but I can't emphasize enough. And you know this from starting your podcast, from from nothing to, to jump in here blindly just to give it a try. Like I understand what that feels like, but people don't understand because they, they see the champagne bottles on the podiums. They see the mid 400 victories, the, you know, the projects we do with Kenny. That stuff did not come easily. Like that was hard, hard work and countless, countless hours at the shop trying to put things together and getting told no a thousand times on phone calls and just trying to get somebody to listen to me that mm -hmm. we could build great parts of S3 Power Sports, that I was a good driver and could win races if I just had an opportunity. Um, yep. And when I didn't get those opportunities, I went out and I saved my money and I bought a car and I saved every penny I had to put parts on it until I could get it fast enough to win races. Like you said, man, I didn't come from a family with money and I remember very, very distinctly. So kind of my first experience in racing was flat track racing on a warrior okay. on a warrior 350 and so um i was i don't know maybe maybe 10 12 14 years old whenever i started racing uh flat track uh, little bitty dirt track out in a little small town but it was my opportunity to get on a car and race so my family didn't have enough money to go buy to go buy a four-wheeler for me so i had to save up by mowing yards when i was 10 and 12 years old to finally buy and I'll be honest with you, it was not a very nice, very nice uh, four-wheeler, um, but it was a Warrior 350. I couldn't afford a Hoosier. Track was running, so we had to buy some golf cart tires and wheels and literally drill them by hand. As a little boy, I remember drilling them, trying to trying to make sure they were centered up for my lug pattern. I couldn't afford a drop kit and sway bars for the thing, so I had to ratchet strap my suspension down so that it didn't try to roll over on me on corners. And that's how I started racing. And, and like I was at a tremendous deficit, um, but I was out there racing. And that's why nowadays I don't take for granted whenever we get a wheel sponsor and a shock sponsor and a tune sponsor and things like that, because there was a day when I had to make things work when nobody knew who I was and nobody believed in me, but I did not stop during those times until finally, man, it's awesome to call Evolution Power Sports and say, look, man, I want the biggest, hottest tune that you have on your car from, I mean, I have for this car, you know, or or hey, uh, ITP man, I need I need some tires. I need a new set for King Hammers. No problem. Which ones do you want? KMC man. What do you What do you want for your car? What do you want for your Jeep? Like, and that stuff. Yeah, that stuff was earned and and not was not given. You know what I mean? Well, I think that if you really think about it, that no lift shift that actually kind of represents your life. <laughs> because if you really think about it, just talking to you, 
it's kind of how your life is. You just never, ever back off on the throttle. It's always throttle forwards. And no matter what people tell you no or yes or whatever, you still just keep pounding away and keep going hard. Yeah. And that that's, that's an amazing story. And it, it's crazy that, and you're right about my podcast. I started this podcast because I wanted people to know the story of builders to racers to privateers yes. to everything and then when i die i want it so that my kids had something for them to listen to because <laughs> when i'm dead and gone i will never speak again so at least they can listen to these podcasts and they can hear my voice again right so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what's, what's amazing is that i completely agree with you because that's how visions of victory the video series started mr mal was racing with us you know yep. he, he was 53 years old when he started racing he had just had his first grand son which it was the only he's got two daughters and both of his daughters have daughters and so it was the very first time that he had had a son in the family uh or with, it was his grandson but the yep. victory videos actually started because he wanted to document the couple of years of racing that he knew he had so that he could share it with his grandson one day and his grandson feel like man i had a cool cool grandpa that used to do stuff like this so it's right yep. those lines and it's exactly what we talked about earlier it's creating that legacy man it's some people have that vision of wanting to do something bigger and probably that no lift shift uh is is a lifestyle i tell everybody man it's 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 a lifestyle not a, just a saying for us and and i've never really really thought about it but with you saying that i it is man you know it it, it never stopped so i never thought starting those visions of victory for documentation would turn into what they are now our fifth season of them that's right I, I think that Dustin, I honestly think you should get that tattooed across your chest, no lift shift. I'll get it right <laughs> over my belly button. I'll get thug life across my chest and I'll get no lift <laughs> shift between my shoulder blades and freaking roll out. Just as long as you'll get a lower back tattoo that says no no lift shift. Yeah, I like that. That that's a good one. I think yeah, instead of the thug life, get that no lift shift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I get as a tramp stamp on my lower back or what? There you go. There you go. So, Dustin, where do you still have the mullet thing going on? I do. You know what? You know what's funny is like originally when I started this, it was hundred percent as a joke. Yeah. But it made an impact on people to where like it was a conversation starter. It made me it made me a memorable character by having something like that. And I realized the the value of something like a mullet uh, after like we had already done it and it was a joke and I was considering shaving it. And I realized then like, man, this is how you set something apart. So I'm a super average looking guy, average height, average weight. Um, and I try to excel at stuff that I, that I put my mind towards. So I've yeah. got to have something that sets me apart, man. In the mullet, dude, I'm, I've been rocking it. I don't know how long it's been now. Maybe two, maybe three years. I don't know. But um, now it's been become like, I don't know, almost like the brand, dude. Like we've got shirts that have my profile with a mullet on it. And like we did a, a video series with just pit bikes and the, uh, and the uh, logo for that series was a dude on a pit bike riding a mullet. Like, bro, it's just, I don't know, man. It's, it spirals out of control so quick with our group. And it's not just me. It's it's Dustin uh, Henderson, my co-pilot. And, you know, Logan that works here with us, Quentin that owns a shop down the road that's a buddy. Of, man, it just spirals out of control in our group when we start something. And it's really one of those things, like, we don't care who likes it or who doesn't like it. We do it because it's fun. Some things are a swing and a miss and some things catch fire yeah well and that's the thing about it and that's what's you're trying to make yourself different from the rest and trying to i think start your own legacy yourself right 
For sure, and I'll be the first one to tell kids, do do not get do not get a mullet and do not get a face tattoo. Like you need to be well grown and out of your prime before you get a mullet or a face tattoo because that's kind of man, that's kind of like selling uh, signing a death warrant right there. So <laughs> just because you see me with a mullet, do not cut your hair into a mullet. It's never a good idea. Absolutely. So Dustin, do you want to? What was it like racing this year in the KOH? Because a couple of podcasts. Last couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about the, the KOH because I followed it all the way to the end. I think I watched like pretty close to like 18 hours of it. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. yeah, yeah it, was a crazy it took me about nine days to watch it all, but I did watch it all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, cool. What was it like for you out there? Oh, I mean, as far as like the race strictly goes, and I'll, I'll touch on the most cliche, it's like it's, dude, freaking King of the Hammers is so rough dude there were sections of the race course when we would be away from everybody and literally we would stop in the middle of the track i had an obstacle and i would say man there's no way there's no way we're on the race course anymore there's no way we're supposed to be going through here because it's so rough um and so like that's the nitty-gritty of it but outside of that dude it is seven days of freaking chaos in the desert it is literally mexico in the states man it's no speed limits like people out in the lake bed doing donuts every night there's a party at back door and uh and whatever spooner or whatever that big client like chocolate thunder dude it is out of control and what's cool is like everybody respects everybody everybody's out there for the same thing so it's an experience that a you can bring your family to because there is patrol and security out there like they keep everybody safe everybody respectful and like it's a really well coordinated event yeah but when the sun goes down like you see the craziest wildest buggies and flips and just oh man it's, it's an experience like no other for seven days straight it's it's going back to the wild west for sure so basically battle axe you were definitely the one out there doing that right <laughs> no dude we listen we even even after we finished the race we took the car straight to chocolate thunder and took it bottom to the top just bouncing off every rock we could find and i told him i said man we're done we finished the race you know we we finished decent all things considered i said in the car still running let's take it to free chocolate thunder and send this thing <laughs> absolutely I, I, yeah, I don't want to take a race car home running i want to take it back home and it need to be rebuilt when i'm done with it <laughs> that's right no lift shift eh? <laughs> for, sure, for sure no lift shift so dustin let's talk about uh, let's talk about can you give us a couple of your favorite builds that you've done for customers or for yourself or something yeah. along the line? Yeah, yeah. I always like the, uh, I, I always like the uh, kind of the no budget type builds, man, which is is probably pretty natural, but it's the it's the opportunities that that you say like, all right, man, what would somebody's dream car be? And let me cut my guys loose up here at S3 Power Sports and let them have a little fun on the car. They love those builds. I like to take all those builds. And it's at the end of the day, like I don't always build something that I think is going to be cool. I try to build stuff that everybody else's think is going to, uh, everybody else is going to think is cool because I want to make a positive impact on everybody and give people cool ideas yeah. to do their own builds. And so, um, the most notable builds that I really look back on, I'm like, wow, man, this was sweet. King of the Hammers is one of my favorites as far as race cars. I, I love our four-seater that we run in Mesa Desert. That car has been phenomenal for us. 
but I absolutely love that King of the Hammers car. The profile of the car, the boat sides, the wraps, like everything about that King of the Hammers car I love. So that was that was probably my favorite race car that we built. Um, and then probably like my favorite mud rig that we built is the uh, the Defender that we built that we named Low Blow. It's really well known in the mud riding community, but it's a chop top, chop frame, like super low uh, fully built Defender on 37 inch tractor tires and 22 inch wheels. Like we went just wild on this mud riding bike. It looks more like a show bike, but I mean, there's videos of it up to the steering wheel. And so as far as a mud build goes, low blow, really, really like it. Like, in fact, I can look out of my office window and it's sitting right beside my office. So I like, uh, I see it every single day. Um, and then I guess beyond that, man, probably the thing that made the most impact on our company was getting to build that Can-Am X3 that we raced at Vegas Torino that we had six months before the release of the vehicle ever happened. And so that was so exciting for us, man, to have a car in our shop that got dropped off in the middle of the night by 18-wheeler driver uh, because of the confidentiality and, and the secrecy of the build. We had it in a locked room for, um, I mean, six months it was sitting in there. Um, getting worked on, getting built, getting tinkered with uh, until we could release it at Vegas Arena. So I think for sure that's probably the most memorable and most exciting for me is when we had that, that car. That, it was just a prototype car. It never had a VIN number. It was it was one of the first hand-built cars and uh, we, we got to have it at our shop, man. So that was the most, the most memorable one for sure. Well, prior to that, before the S3, though, you, you were racing Mavericks, too, though, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I won a championship yeah. the, uh, on an XDS Turbo Maverick. And and our first uh, our first season of racing uh, before, well, our first season and a half before the X3 ever came out, we were in the regular XDS Turbo Maverick. Yep. So things have progressed a long way. Like you said, man, the industry is growing so fast, dude, and it's progressed out of control. The horsepower these cars are making, the suspension that they have, it's unbelievable what they're capable of. I'm, and you can look at it in times in, in racing in the best of the desert. I mean, we're carrying 10 more miles per hour average over an entire race um, now as opposed to when we won the Mint 400 and our average speed at the Mint 400 was something like 39 miles per hour average speed. Now, granted, we were doing 85, 87 a few times on lake beds, but man, there's so many technical areas that it brought the average speed down to like f almost 40 miles an hour. Well, I think Vegas Torino, it was up over 50 miles an hour for the average speed. And it's because like our four-seater, uh, it's an all stock motor, stock turbo, factory transmission, factory clutch car. It'll run over hundred miles an hour on the lake bed now. Um, and we've, wow. we've obviously done a lot of research and done a lot of tweaking and changing on the car to make it run a hundred. But uh, I mean, that just goes to show you how quickly this stuff is progressing, man. And, and we've always told everybody we raced uh, Can-Am when Can-Am wasn't cool. Now, Can-Am has always been a great product and I, I think it's been phenomenal. But before the X3, it wasn't as well known as everybody else, man. And now the X3 has made such a splash that you look back and you think, wow, man, look at the progression that it's made in just a few years. It is. So where do you, where do you see, because side-by-side dirt, we also try to bring a lot of the history of, of definitely the side-by-side -side industry. Where do you see the next 10 years 
of the side-by-side industry. Yeah, I mean that's a uh, that's a tough thing to to, uh, to really nail down. And so there's a couple of different directions that I see things going. This is strictly my wild speculation, to be honest with you. So the you know off-road registered side-by-sides, they're getting really close to the limit of what they're capable of. Meaning we're stuck at the thousand cc uh, mark. You know, there's certain widths that they got to abide by because of state regulations on riding trails because of best in the desert rules. And so, um, you know, I think I think uh, there's going to be some cool changes coming up uh, very soon. And I think, you know, with the major manufacturers looking at racing so closely and putting so much behind it, they're really paying attention to what the weak links are. So everybody knows in in general in off-road racing a rubber belt is the first thing to blow it's it's we have to drive our cars by the rubber belt so i don't know this i don't have any inside information i'm just wildly speculating that in the next um say three four years i think all the major manufacturers big horsepower cars are going to be away from away from rubber belts and go to some type of automatic or manual shift paddle shift type transmission um which for sure they have the technology it's just it's just getting cost feasible but yeah. beyond that, you know, it's a crazy it's a crazy balance right there that you see tipping back and forth. So I wouldn't be surprised in the next 10 years if we start seeing uh, mini trophy truck, mini sand car type side by sides, because so many people are it's it's a horsepower war and it's a suspension travel war. And it's those type of things that I've heard, you know, some of the major manufacturers have, have bought uh, some pro light trucks, some some. Um, uh, some of those, uh, the mini trophy trucks that run in Best in the Desert, just to look at the technology. And well, those are straight axle vehicles, you know, with a drive. Yeah. I'm not saying that I know anything. I'm just saying this horsepower war has got to kind of take a direction change somewhere, uh, somewhere or another, and start pulling uh, pulling failure points out of there. When well, that goes to straight axles and manual transmission, so I don't know. We'll see what the future holds. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do you think the cars are going to get bigger or do you think they're kind of at the stance that they're at now? I think they've got a little bit more size that they can go uh, yeah. for fun recreational purposes. Um, but you got to remember, like a lot of people are selling sand cars, those $150,000, $200,000 sand cars to get two side-by-sides. Um, yep. And with a lot of the Jeep guys out at, at, out at uh, Johnson Valley, Moab, they're getting rid of their big rock crawler, big tire Jeeps to go to a side-by-side. So they, they're always going to have that balance to where they're not going to go so far they turn into an actual sand car. That, there's no doubt about that. They'll stay away from that. Um, well, and I, I've always called, now I know you're a Can-Am guy, yep. but <clears throat> when the Polaris Razor came out, the XP1000, mm-hmm. I always called it the cheap man's trophy truck. Yeah, for sure. That's what they are. That's what they are. That, that's right. So when the side-by-sides came out, a lot of people, I felt, switched over to the side-by-sides versus the sand cars because you're right by price yes but now side by sides are getting to be you know 100 to 150 thousand dollars <laughs> yeah that's crazy it's almost getting to be cheaper to go to the big boy cars is what i call them right yeah and so, yeah go ahead I, I hear exactly what you're saying definitely for sure I, I can't imagine where the next 10 years where we're gonna see where this all goes and and uh I'm still alive to see it. I can't hardly wait to see where it goes. And I know that I can't hardly wait to see the next 10 years where you and S3 Power Sports are going to go. <laughs> uh, and, it. you know, it, it's just, it, there's just such a great history of side-by-sides. It's just, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable yeah. um, to see where we're going to change and what we're going to do. So can you kind of tell us what you got up and coming for the 2019 season? 
Mm-hmm. What, what are we going to see from Battleaxe? Yeah, so um, we do have a couple of big announcements coming up that uh, we actually haven't haven't released yet. Um, that'll be just the next natural progression of S three. Yeah. Um, and probably some people can speculate and figure it out, but but we're growing in in every direction, and so there's going to be some some cool big announcements coming up. Um, Visions of Victory, we just signed another another season contract for that. Yeah. Uh, we bought a brought a bunch of big sponsors on for our race program that, that's, that's even helping us continue to push that direction. You know, we, we did King of the Hammers this year, uh, for sure, for sure. I'm thinking we're we're probably gonna we're probably gonna be doing it next year. Um yeah. and so um you know, we've got a we've got a Visions of Victory video coming out in just a couple of weeks. But the the main thing is, man, we keep moving forward. Like we look at we look at the opportunities that are in front of us as far as like King of the Hammers was one of them. That was the next natural progression in racing. It's the biggest known race out there. So there's still a couple of big races that are not necessarily stateside or not necessarily in um, even this part of the world that you might you might see us uh, uh, give it a try sooner than later. And so um, racing is progressing in a lot of different directions that we might um, you might see us traveling internationally uh, sooner than later. And then for the power sports company, man, we, you know we we've just started a program with Can Am that we offer factory Can Am parts through their catalog that are designed by S3, built by S3, um, all of those things. So. Um, you know, as far as factory offered S3 stuff, man, there's no telling where that's going to end up going. So there, there is some cool things coming up in, uh, in the near future. Um, so just keep your eye out, man. Well, absolutely, right? So, Mr. Battleaxe Jones, I I just, I knew that there was a story here for tell you. And <laughs> I, I know that um, I don't want to keep you too much longer because I know that you're a busy, busy man. Sure. Um, but... There's one thing I wanted to ask, and I've never asked anybody this before. Yes. Would you be willing to do an S3 power shirt? You sing it, you sign it, and send it to one to only one person that comments on this podcast. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Um, so everybody, you hear it. Dustin is going to do a hand signed S3 Power Sports shirt for one person that we're going to pick. So when this gets dropped out and released, so we're asking the best comment is going to get a shirt from <laughs> Dustin Jones. For sure, man. For sure. And we'll throw some other goodies in there, man. We've got shirts and hats and stickers and keychains, dude. We'll make it worth it for somebody to go check this uh, check this podcast out, share it, get it out there, man. Uh, we only do this type of stuff uh, in this podcast is strictly to help grow the industry and build awareness. and get more people interested in what we love and what everybody listening loves and so man use this as an opportunity to share this out to the the people that follow you on social media and get it out there and like i said we'll make it worth it man we'll send some goodies out to somebody absolutely and if anybody doesn't realize but this podcast is 100 percent raw there's no scripts there's no nothing so just letting you know this is directly coming out of our mouths nobody's (laughs) telling us what to do and i know that you're fully sponsored by can-am and I don't really want to ask you about the Can-Am because I know what you're going to say um, compared to the players. <laughs> but <laughs> I, don't I, mean, about that still. I own Polaris's, um, but I'm not going to lie to you. I do absolutely love the X3. I think it's one of the coolest looking machines out there. And I call it the little 
pissed off rock bouncer is what I call that. <laughs> I mean, it's like, that, that that dynamic is nothing that I've ever shied away from. I've raced both vehicles. Yep. I've won a lot of races in both vehicles. So that dynamic is 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 nothing that I'm that I'm afraid to speak of. And I'm a proud racer of Can Am. But before I was racing Can Am. And before Can Am knew who I was, I was purchasing Can Ams, and that was strictly off of my preference. Now, there's a lot of other manufacturers that make great vehicles, and not just Polaris, but there's other people. My preference, uh, for a lot of reasons, as far as you know, design and functionality, and I, I prefer Can Am. That doesn't mean that I'm right about everything, but um, at the end of the day, what, what's important is for people to get out there to educate themselves, to ride these things. There's all kind of opportunities for customer rides and. Can-Am at multiple times a year, you know, Rally on the Rocks, Glamis, uh, a couple of other events, they let you take X3s out and go ride on them. There's always an opportunity for you to go ride one, research them, make an educated decision and get one. Um, but at the end of the day, they're, you know, they've all progressed so far. And it's like Hatfield and McCoy's or, or, or those um, Batman and, and um, a Penguin or whatever. They have to have... Uh, um, somebody to compete against it makes them better it drives them to, to put out a better product and i truly think that's why canyon's new x3 is so good because they knew what they were up against and what they're competing against and it pushed them to make the best vehicle they could and so it's a it's a necessary evil and i love it. It, it it's the same thing with my competitors with s3 it pushes us to be a better company i agree with you totally 100 percent. and that's the thing about these side by sides are just going to get bigger and crazier more horsepower and more suspension so who knows what's going to tell and I know that I'm always super excited to see what the next model out and I know you got Honda coming out I know that there's rumors that Cowie's coming out with yeah. something new yeah the, there's going to be a lot of competition out there and uh, as long as you know all these manufacturers start to realize is that they're building for the consumers because it's guys like me and you and other people and thousands of other that, that buy the new models yep and um, I think it's great for guys like you that are representing these these companies and the moral values that you share. I think that um, we've definitely got a new way of looking at how they sell these units for sure. Yeah, thank goodness. I mean, they listen closely. These guys, these guys, uh, these, new, these manufacturers, surprisingly, the, the head engineer that, that designed the X3 was at our shop just a couple of weeks ago and it was amazing. Like he was looking at our cars very very close he's a super sharp guy but you, he would ask questions like why do you do this why do you have this on your race car why why did y'all change this on your race car and it's because he's wanting to know how to make a better unit it's amazing they listen man look at look at kenny releasing an xrc version that's built for rock crawl it's got lockers they they release an xmr versions because they know how people are riding these things and they're trying to absolutely those guys we are the we are the guys that are buying them and so if you're using them for mud let's build a mud unit you know what I mean? For using them for rocks, let's build a rock unit. I agree. Um, they, they're listening, man. That's what's cool. That's what's fun about being part of this industry is they move quickly and they listen listen to what's going on. I totally agree with you, Dustin, on that one. Well, Dustin, what we always do on Side by Side Dirt, it's always been a tradition that I've started, is we call it a call-out. As you can see, I called you out on Instagram, <laughs> and you did come forward. <laughs> um, we would like to see who would you like to do a shout-out to bring them on side by side dirt the podcast oh man 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 that's a crazy uh that's a crazy question i run around did i actually stump battle axe jones yeah dude it seems like it. so i'm trying to think so we run around with a lot of interesting people that have um 
that have amazing stories. And so it's tough to be like, hey, that that guy would be a good one to put on there. So um, I'm going to go way out there, dude, and, and I'm going to I'm going to challenge you to try to locate this person on the phone. So I'm going to say bring on the late, great Donald Trump, man, and see if he can make it on the podcast. Let's see what he's got going on with Side by Side. See what he knows about the industry. Let's catch his ears. Let's freaking do that. Let's get him out there. If you can't get a hold to him, just let me know. I'll text him, bro, and we'll get him on the, we'll get him on the podcast. Well, everybody, for the first time on Side by Side Dirt, somebody actually called out Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make UTV riding uh, great again. Let's do this. I wish that somebody would make UTV riding side-by-side riding good in Canada also. <laughs> well, let's bring, bring us up there, dude. We'll make at least a weekend of it. It may not, it may not be good again, but it'll be mediocre again, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, Dustin, I'd like to say thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it, and hopefully we can get you on the future for sure. Yep. I know that we could probably do another part two to this. Absolutely, for sure. And uh, everybody... Check out Dustin Jones, Battle Axe Jones on Instagram, Facebook. Check out S3 Power Sports. They just don't do mud. They also do desert. Um, anytime that I've ever called them, they've always picked up. They've always had a friendly, good conversation and a good chat with me. Uh, they always kind of made me feel like part of the family and home. So everybody check out S3 Power Sports, definitely for sure. Dustin, I'd like to say again, thanks for me reaching out to you and you coming on right away and, and taking the time to uh, definitely hit the pavement and maybe next time me and you will actually have to throw down pretty hardcore like we talked about on Facebook. Freaking let me know dude I'll glove up man everybody likes number two. <laughs> Absolutely if not I guess I can throw them snowballs. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work man whatever whatever we need to I'll, I'll foot race you I'll, I'll, I'll um I'll race you on a side-by-side. I'll race you on a tricycles, man. I don't care. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll compete. Absolutely. How about some rollerblades? Would you do Ooh, the rollerblade thing? I don't know about that, dude. I don't know if I'm cut out for that kind of stuff, man. Dude, <laughs> I can't be watching Absolutely. Can't be watching you know what, everybody? I actually challenged Dustin to a, a good old-fashioned, what we call, ice skating competition. Ooh. Ooh. I'll take you up on it. You name when? <laughs> we don't have much ice around here, so it'll have to be in your, your location, but let's do it. Let's get her done. Well, everybody, thanks again, Dustin. Yes, sir. Um, thanks again, like I said, for coming on, telling us your story. And uh, I can't wait to see the future where the battle axe is going to be for sure. Yeah, buddy. Everybody, thanks again. This is Sheldon from Side by Side Dirt. And this is Dustin. As you know, it's Battle Axe Jones. Battle Axe Jones, we're out. Thanks a lot, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What is going on, guys? This is your co-host, Jason Hess. I just got finished up with episode 18 of Side by Side Dirt with Dustin Battleaxe Jones. I'm blown away, guys. This was an unreal episode. We cannot thank Dustin enough for coming on and sharing his story with us. Factory Can-Am racer. We got to hear today, guys, some of the behind-the-scenes things that, that drives Dustin and his team over at S3 Power Sports. This is one I'm going to listen to multiple times, guys. I cannot stress enough. Please share this podcast. Get it out to your friends. This is unbelievable. Thank you, Dustin Jones, for coming on. Guys, don't forget, the S3 Power Sports team is going to put together a swag pack. So for the best comments on social media feeds, they're going to be watching this one, guys. Make sure you comment on it. Share it with your friends. And this free swag pack will be released next week. Thanks for tuning in, side by side dirt.
Side by Side Dirt, the podcast, is available on Anchor, Google Podcast, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher, and coming soon to iTunes.